there have been so many, I, that was a familiar feeling to mm-hmm. me where like, I'm used to feeling small, like mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh, you should, they, they made, like made like, me oh, feel you like, be grateful that we yes, gave you a chance. Made me feel like they were doing me a favor. Huh. And, yeah. um, you can tell her, you can tell her anything. long legs you know me daddy t this is you can tell me anything the podcast where comedians artists filmmakers just basically people that i like and think are really cool confess something that they want to get off their chest um this is a i'm trying out this video thing we don't know how much is actually going to be used for those just listening um if you catch me pausing and acting self-conscious is because i am recording this for the first time you know we're, we're trying to, we're trying to keep up with the times get some clips on reels. Um, and uh, my, my guest has so graciously agreed to be on camera. I'm very excited to have her here today. If you're watching, you already know, but I'm going to introduce her right now. She is so, so amazing. She's a cinematographer. Um, we work together at Crack. She's shot pretty much every co- comedian's like short films, feature films, whatever. She shot It's a Party, um, which is a really fun feature film, written and directed by Lamar Woods, starring tons of people. Open my eagle, Ego Nordem. She directed, or she she shot. I think she likes you. Get loved. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited to have her here, Carissa Dorson. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, well, I feel like I n- named all of my like um like fangirls because it's like I'm excited when you work with my friends but also you've like you're like yeah, also you television <laughs> credits like Showtime and like oh, a little late with Lily yeah. Singh so I probably should have let her with those but no I think that's like <laughs> my favorite label actually what you said like she shot every comedian's short film like that was the most fun time <laughs> in, in my life and I'm still doing it you yeah know, hopefully well uh, and everyone's leveling up that's the thing but it's 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 fun like yeah I feel like sometimes in my mind my favorite times of creativity was like school like not school in like college sense but that feeling right where we're all like we're kind of like doing it but also like we're all friends and hanging out and you know eventually that goes away not because you're not friends but just because you're busy and you're working so that to me is like a really magical time but yeah I feel like I should also lead with like yes you have real credits those are just the ones that are fun yeah. for me. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for, for being on the show. Um, we do start with a good confession, which isn't like the full confession. I think you're familiar with the show, but just in case people get confused, it's just the name. It's really just an icebreaker, a way to get to know you. Something um, you want to brag about or something positive in your life. It could be just a quick like, thing you want to share. As long as it's positive, you could even mm-hmm. like shout out something you watch that you like. Do you have something good you would like to confess? Yeah. Um, so have you done The Artist's Way? I feel like you oh, would have. My <laughs> sister loves it. I have okay. not, but I've heard, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, so I've, I've done morning pages consistently for like 26 days, I oh, think. Oh, wow. Okay. Every day of this month. I didn't mean to start like on August 1st, but it's cool that that, yeah. that happened. And um, it's just like a good way to stay present and and actually like be aware of what's important to me for the day. And, um, yeah, it's just basically like writing three pages of garbage from your brain. Uh It doesn't have to be good. Kind of. Yeah. Have you, have you found like the, your, I don't want to be like your brain rearranging, but have you found that doing it has changed the way you approach it every day, like almost in a meditative way or, um, yeah, I think I'm still trying to get more meditative about it. Um, it's really hard cause like you write it longhand too. So like with longhand. just like with your hand instead of oh, on the computer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like longhand. Um, oh, okay. That makes, yeah. So that. like I'm trying to figure out like, cause my hand can't keep up with my brain. So it's like, I'm oh. thinking thoughts and, and like, my hand sometimes I skip words because uh-huh. I'm trying to keep up with like what my brain is thinking oh wow that's um, so cool yeah I, I've had that feeling um and I, I used to journal a lot and I, I found that it helps but sometimes I'll start thinking of the journal page like yeah like I'm like in the car or whatever and I'm like okay this like these are thoughts I want to get out and I start thinking but I'm like that's not true journaling and then I'll want to remember it but I'm like nah just like you brace your brain, but, um, yeah, yeah I try not to think that. too hard about it. And like, I don't know, I'm still figuring it out, but it's definitely like opened me up. It's made me more positive this oh, mo- nice. this month. I've definitely seen 
a good change. That's cool. Yeah. I, I don't, I haven't done that, but I do really like writing things down. And I, I've, I used to write a lot when I was sad, you know, like, oh, I need to get these feelings out. And um, now I try to do it when I'm feeling good too, because when I would like during the pandemic, I would go back and read old journal entries. And it was just like, mm-hmm. A lot of extremes, like sometimes super happy, but like it would be like happy and then be like, oh, everything sucks. And then I was like, you know, I know my life wasn't always this like manic. I think I just don't. It's only you write the extremes. Yeah. So I started telling myself like just random days, like scheduling and write. And then I would just sit down, even if I had nothing big to say, I'd be like, well, here's how I'm feeling. And now I feel like, okay, I have a better picture of like my routine, but. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Um, well, okay, so before we get, like, super into the confession, um, you have nothing to be nervous about. It's a safe space. <laughs> I, I started this podcast because I started going to therapy late in life, and I found it was just, like, really, like, a new feeling for me to be able to talk about myself and be heard. So that's loosely where the confession stuff is based. Um, that, and we also, for some reason, have a lot of comedians who are ex-Catholics who went to confession. So there's mm-hmm. that too. Um, but yeah, I like to ask everyone who comes on, like, what's your experience with like therapy or do you have um, a confidant or, you know, it can be just, it doesn't be like therapy specific, but more like, um, like how do you do self care? Like what's mm-hmm. your routine? There's no right or wrong answer. It's just nice to like see how different people. Yeah. I was excited yeah. about this question because okay. I, I actually just started therapy for the first time oh really okay. yeah like two days ago literally oh, wow. congratulations <laughs> thanks yeah that's so that's huge that's exciting yeah it's something I was thinking about for a long time and obviously like I support therapy and think it's great and but I was like oh but not for me you know yeah sure no everyone has, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah everyone has their own reason I mean it's I I used to say the same thing about medication and then for me like I, I did help a lot but yeah I was always like yeah, yeah everyone should do what they need and you know I just any changes to your life can be really scary so it's not don't worry and then it was literally something on my to-do list for a long time and I just didn't get to it and it just Uh seemed daunting like trying to find someone and um but finally like my my friend sent me a link um actually you know her Stevie Wayne oh yeah um yeah and like I was just talking to her about this the other day and then she sent me a link like this made it really easy to find it through your insurance and Uh um so then I found someone and um yeah I just had my first like intake with her (laughs) on Wednesday um but yeah it's like it still feels kind of daunting just because I was like wow that was short like how am I going to get through? How am I going to uh-huh. like cover everything? Yeah, you start um, to be like, oh, but it just no, takes I time. Skip ahead. Yeah, because they'll like ask, like, let's start here. You're like, no, 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 no. that's not important. This is important. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's a, that's a good sign because that means that you feel comfortable and you want to like share more with her if you're like having a lot to talk about. Yeah. Or him or her, whatever. Them. Yeah, but. I think it'll it'll help to be able to like verbalize how I'm feeling because I don't think I know how to do that very well. Like, and, and I'm also realizing. Um, my schedule is so inconsistent. So Mm. like as a freelancer, what I'm feeling, like what I was feeling yesterday might not be what I'm feeling today. And like what I was feeling a few weeks ago, it it just feels like really complicated. And, um, when she's asking me questions, I'm just like, I, who am I? I don't (laughs) know. It's (laughs) wait, were you an only child? No, I have a younger brother. Oh, Okay. That's interesting. I have, I relate to the like changing feelings because I remember when I started, when I moved here, I started going to therapy with a new therapist and there are times when I'm like, like, you know, days where I was like panicking. I'm like, oh, like I can't wait for therapy tomorrow. But then when I went in and she'd be like, how are you? I feel fine. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to yeah. open that up again. <laughs> so I totally get that. Like and now I now I will write notes in my iPhone so at least I can recall it to talk about. But sometimes you just don't, sometimes you process it and you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that, right. you know, but yeah. And I was filling out a form before I even met her, like mm-hmm. online, just questions about like, yeah, feelings and experiences. And, um, and there, it was like multiple choice. And there were questions like, have you, how many times have you felt hopelessness oh my in, in this week or whatever? And the choices were like, not at all. And then several times <laughs> was like the next option. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, I think there needs to be something between yeah, <laughs> those like something two. Yeah, like maybe I felt hopeless. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's what I felt. Because yeah. that's the thing. It's like labeling yeah. can be, yeah, it's kind of a trap because I think we want to label and understand our feelings, but then we also don't know 
like, oh, what does that mean? Is is that going to put me on like some different path? And yeah. so we're like already analyzing ourselves. Yeah. Know? So I did select several times, even though I uh-huh. thought that was a little <laughs> much. Um, just because it, it's like it. The answer is not none at all. So. Anyway, uh-huh. like she ended up, and that was like weeks ago. Um, and then she asked me oh, wow. about that. She like the hopelessness question. And I was like, I honestly, I don't remember. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have felt that. I don't remember what it feels like now. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I think I can really overthink things and just be like, I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> My gosh. So. That's so, it's so, um, fascinating here because like in your work, you're, you're helping people tell like such specific stories that, I mean, even when I was like producing, I feel like, and you know, directing too, there's elements of that, but I feel like you have to, part of the skill is putting yourself into another brain, right? Like, and like creating yeah. another world that is, it's connected to you, but it's part of, part of someone else. And in that world, it's like a skill to almost like be like a chameleon a little bit, you know? And and so it's fascinating to be like, but also in order to get there, I think it's almost across the board. Artists have to have that individual visuality because, you know, otherwise everything would be the same and and that's Mm -hmm. not the case with your work, but it's interesting to be like, okay, now turn up the dial on you. Right. And and I'm curious, like, what will come of that in your work? Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, helping tell other people's stories is definitely, like, a more comfortable place for <laughs> me. And I love when other people open up. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, yeah, that's my favorite thing, just um, people being vulnerable. So, like, the whole concept of this podcast is amazing. <laughs> and But, yeah, me coming it's into that, <laughs> it's a little scary. Yeah. Um, but I think I've I've always thought of myself as like super shy. That that was just like my persona growing up. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm really not that person anymore. Like I've really changed a lot, and I'm proud of the more like open person that I've become. So I feel like, especially like on a one-on-one basis, I'm mm-hmm. I'm more open these days. Like um, what made even you since feel... COVID started, like I think that that was big for me, like the introspection. Oh um, yeah. Well, yeah. And I feel like you're you're someone who's really good about reaching out to catch up a lot, like, which I, (laughs) I feel like is an outgoing thing, but I, I know what you mean. Cause sometimes like, you know, we'll get in our heads and be like, Oh no, like I'm good, better one-on-one too. And, and, um, that I, that I'm very different in a party setting. Like Mm. I I can like have fun on a dance floor, which will trick people into thinking I'm social, but I don't have to talk to people when I'm dancing. So it is very like Mm. a different thing. Um, but what made you like think that you were so shy? Cause it seems like that was the label you kind of like took on early on. Like was, did you like move around a lot or w- were you just sort of naturally like, okay, it'll be easier to be quiet and listen or. Yeah, I was just quiet. I'm still, maybe I'll figure this out in therapy, but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I was always just so self, um, self-conscious and embarrassed. Like I, I remember a lot of embarrassment growing up. Just, oh, I felt like everyone else knew how to act <laughs> like Wait, in school in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. I'm from Maryland. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like, uh, it just seemed like other people had a rule book about uh-huh. like what to do and how to act. And I was trying to fit into that. So like, I don't think I was myself growing mm. up most of the time. But I excelled in things where I could, like, show talent and not talk, you know? Uh-huh. So I did sports and music and, and stuff like that. And that's how – because I do like attention, and uh-huh. I always did. And so that's how I was able to get attention without, like, yeah, talking or being up on, like – like, the silent, like att- – because you're, like, you know, not the class clown necessarily, but then you're, like, everyone's, like, whoa, look at Carissa. She's so good. You're, like, oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like, like surprise people, uh-huh. but then be like, yeah, I know, I'm so good. Uh, oh my god, that's so funny. I had a, a friend growing up, her name was Adeline Ducker, and I, actually, you saying that reminded me of her, because she was really quiet, but like, so, like, I was quiet too, but I was a little like, I have a lot of energy, so I'll goof off, but also, like, I was never the class clown, but I, I like, dabbled. But she was like, in like our small group was so funny and always say the like the sharpest things but then like nobody else like everyone was like oh she's so quiet she sticks to herself and she was such a like talented artist and she would just like draw mazes and these crazy things and I remember just like <laughs> maybe this is where I my early producing seeds planted because I'd be like oh like you guys check it out look at Adeline's thing <laughs> and it, it kind of reminded me of that because it's not like she didn't want attention but I think she really was like now that I you say that I'm like she probably really wanted people to see she was good 
But at the time, I was like, wow, I've stumbled upon this secret illustrator. The world must know. But I'm sure she was like, oh, Teresa will tell people. Yeah, that makes sense. It's nice to have, like, I have a lot of friends. And my, my closest friends are kind of the opposite in that mm. regard. Like, yeah, really big personalities. And I just, like, gel well with, uh-huh. with those people. Um, I love that. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling more open. It's, I do think like, I feel like it's funny because when we work together, I feel like sometimes like, and I think she likes you. I'm like, Oh, I take on that vulnerable spot. But I also have felt oftentimes my early career, I was like the, like behind the scenes, like watching too. So Mm -hmm. it's cool to see like you exploring that. Cause I mean, yeah, obviously you're so talented and like, Oh, I want to see like more, you know, what is, what is that? Carissa voice and it's already in all these things and but what is it when you like get to run and you're like ha yeah like, I'm not embarrassed you know <laughs> <laughs> yes not embarrassed uh-huh. um yeah I think moving to LA has helped me I because I just met all of these outsiders like that's mm-hmm. what creatives are I feel like um so it's okay to talk about you know, tell secrets and like be vulnerable and we all kind of get it. Like that's where you, it becomes the most relatable. Yeah, true. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we will get your confession. Cool. Well, we're back. Carissa, the time has come. Oh my God. That was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Do that again. (laughs) Ah, That's the level of excitement I'm able to give. just like so like just like woo, like I'm like oh the excitement um no I love it when because I get I'll like introduce guests with excitement as if it's a live show and then sometimes people are like hello hello (laughs) no but I'm glad you matched me um well Carissa the time has come is there something you would like to tell me yeah um okay so my secret is basically it's a secret because I think outwardly especially on social media, people are like, oh, it looks like you're working all the time. You're doing so great. Mm. And this summer, um, even though this year I've had some like highs in my career, um, I've definitely reached a lot of like low points of like the lowest confidence Mm. ever in my career. Um, So yeah, I don't know if that's a good secret, but I feel like... (laughs) I think it's really relatable. As you're saying that, I'm like, it's not about you. It's about Chris. But it's so relatable. Yeah. let's yeah let's dive into it and thank you for sharing that yeah so like first off the social media thing yeah it's definitely a trap I think for a lot of people because like like we're saying like we've right extremes right like why like it's it wouldn't necessarily be helpful to be like today is a bad day so I mean yeah. don't feel bad about sharing your accomplishments because Thanks. that's a great thing to do you know like I think that's what social media yeah. is for I kind of hate it at the same time though <laughs> like I um I mean I have to post about my accomplishments because uh-huh. it like it actually helps me get work and stuff and but I don't like I just when I'm doing that I'm thinking about like someone else like me who's like reading that and mm. feeling like bad about where they are in their in their lives and I'm like oh no like I want to like share the ups and the downs but I don't yeah. know how to do that on social media really um yeah but maybe I can maybe reach a point where <laughs> where I'm able to post about my like down well, too. I'm curious because you said it like it's um, it sounds like a lot of big changes happening because I know you were yeah. freelancing for a long time, right? Like you pretty much have since I since I've known you were freelancing. Yeah, I've never had a full time job. But that's awesome. And that's such a like accomplishment and something that so many people strive for. So but obviously pandemic also changed the rhythm of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm, but I'm curious, outside of pandemic, did you yourself like make any active choices in your career to, you know, like, I don't know, like I know you're doing more features or things like that. Was there a. Um, was there any big change that you feel like changed what you were saying yes to and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess I've, I've had a big life change. Like I just got married in May. Congratulations. So thanks. Yeah. And you got cats. And it was awesome. I have two cats now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like basically through the beginning of the pandemic, I it was actually, it was great for me at first. I was like, oh, thank God I don't, I can like slow down and mm-hmm. um, just like, make some art I don't know I was in a good place and I know a lot of people weren't and the world was in a terrible place but like for me it was nice to just be able to take time off and Mm -hmm. like spend and we spent some time with family and then like five four four or five months in I started working with Lily Singh and Mm -hmm. like on her sketch show and then she brought me on to her late night show um and so I was like nonstop after that like starting um fall of 2020 I was like working nonstop for Uh like 
almost two years. Um, but so then I got married this year. Um, and then, and I had just shot like a Netflix documentary right before that. So that was like another high Uh in my career. And then, um, took off time to get married and then nothing kind of happened work-wise this whole summer, basically. Um, so, and, and I'm at a point where I'm trying to like level up and get more Uh television work, but not just television work, but like get back to narrative Mm. stuff and realizing I don't have the, the credits for that. And even though I have done some Netflix stuff now, um, I, I have narrative projects under my belt, but it's, it had been a while. Mm. Um, and that's like where I want to be. And, um, and I realized like, I, I've just been following momentum for so long in my career. It's been like 10 years now. Um, and, like and this is like, you have a moment where you have to choose which way to go, but you're like, of. well, let me wait for the wind. And you're like, the wind's like, I'm waiting on you. Like, yeah. where do you want me to take you? Cause it exactly. will come, but it is, yeah, that is a, that's like a feeling that, I mean, I think super relatable for a lot of artists. Yeah. But and I'm scary. lucky that it, it was like a relatively easy 10 <laughs> years. <laughs> like uh-huh. that's not normal really. But, um, yeah, I, I've definitely like, it's come to a point where first of all, I'm realizing I still have to be putting hustling and putting mm. the work in and, and networking and, um, just saying what I want. And so it's, it, involves a lot of like figuring out what I want. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've now, like, I think when I first thought of the secret to tell you, I was like, I was in kind of like an angry, frustrated place. And, um, it's been like a couple weeks since uh-huh. we first talked oh, about this. Good thing I postponed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the audience can know I went to Palm Springs and like came back on a Monday as if it was a Sunday and totally forgot. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but. all good. But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like I'm in a positive place about it now. And, and I see, I'm trying to get comfortable with being like uncomfortable yeah. and like figure this stuff out. And, and the discomfort means that I'm growing. So mm-hmm. like, I totally see that. And, um, but yeah, when I first wanted to talk, talk about this, like I had experienced some like rejection Gotcha. and it was like for things that the type of jobs that I was doing before the pandemic started. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this shouldn't, I shouldn't even be interviewing for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to, that's why I have this pot. It's just like, I know like oftentimes it ends up getting into like, it does feel like therapy, but I literally am like, you can do rants, you could do, you could raves. Like you, I love this. I hate this. Mm-hmm. And it is a space to just like if you're frustrated because sometimes we're so you know conditioned and not to be to be grateful for what we have that it's like oh if you feel bad complain about rejection because it's like you know everyone gets rejected but here you're allowed to because i i think it's healthy to let that feeling out you know and it's a valid feeling you're like hey i did this before like you're not personally mad at one person but you know you couldn't be upset with the situation and yeah i think it's healthy to express that because yeah then you figure out what you want out of it you know yeah, and luckily I have some like a good support system that I can complain to. Yeah. Like my like my best friend Laura, um, who's a co- costume designer, so she like no she understands and um, so like I texted her as soon as like I heard <laughs> back from these two jobs that I <laughs> didn't but... get, um, and and like quickly realized that it was like kind of the universe telling me that I I did, I didn't even want those jobs. Mm. So it's like. Of course, if I'm approaching it with that energy, like, why sure. would I get them? Even though I thought that I was like, they, they I shouldn't even be interviewing Maybe for this. Like, like I've done this so many times. You didn't want, like, you reluctantly were like, okay, well, I always have this. But then if it's safe, it'll be hard to switch. If you're not swimming in the deep end for a little bit, like, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, sure. you can't become a shark. But it I'm was like, I don't safe. know if you want to be a shark, but. I hadn't made much <laughs> money this summer, so I was like, at least it's money. And, uh-huh. um, but the interesting thing is I also had, um, a couple short films lined up and mm. it would have the, either of those jobs would have conflicted with one mm. of the short films. That was like a passion project that I, I was excited about the collaboration with, um, uh-huh. the director and, but he understood, he was like, cause the, the short film didn't have any sure, money. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, yeah, if you get a week of work, like you should definitely jump off and and do that. So like I gave it my best shot to like go the money route uh-huh. <laughs> and then that, and then just experience the like a slap like, no. in the face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, 
Um, but then I did the short film job and realized like I actually learned things mm. like this is really beneficial for me. And I got to like make something that was visually interesting and, um, and it was hard too. I, uh-huh. I, I also kind of felt like a failure for a little bit on that set. Oh, and, wow, yeah. and then afterwards talked with the director and he was super happy and, um, and, and I was like, Oh, like sometimes feeling like a failure means that I'm doing a good job because, <laughs> because I care. In, um, new posi- or like it's a risky position. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, like, I thank you for sharing that. I, like what I heard and I don't know, like, you know, this might be me interpreting, but I feel like I'm hearing like after 10 years of being comfortable, like at some point, maybe earlier on, if this had happened, you may have like, like you had the talent to jump already, but it's the momentum was like, yeah, just keep going, keep going. And I'm curious if, if like this moment had happened earlier, would you have, um, do you feel like you would have made, been like, it's time to make the jump earlier? Or do you feel like this is the time? Like, do you feel like it's almost like you would have stayed in the momentum had you not had this low moment? Yeah, probably. Probably. I don't know. Maybe it it felt like time because um, I think it just was the right time because I had shot like a season of television Mm -hmm. for NBC, but it was, it was late night and it was like an amazing experience. And and I have that collaboration with Lily, like hopefully for a long time moving forward. Um, But afterwards I realized like, I was having meetings with agents and they were like, yeah, like maybe don't put the late night stuff first because you oh. want to be doing narrative and, and lead with your narrative projects. And I was like, oh no, like <laughs> they don't even care <laughs> that I did that. And so like, I think I would have come to a point after, so after shooting that show um, and it's not continuing, um, that's when I realized that I need to like get back to like, finding the projects that I really, that are really important to me. And, um, so I think it would have happened at that time, but probably not earlier. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is like the universe giving you a kick in the butt. Cause I, I felt I had not that same, but I feel like, um, I had like wrote a really high, much more high, high for myself when like, you know, I lost my, my like cushy, it wasn't actually even cushy, but it was a nine to five job that kept me through the pandemic. And then I had already been like not happy there. But right after that, I was like getting like my first um, like freelance TV writing stuff, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then I was like, "Oh, I got it," you know. And then you know, as freelance happens, there's slow times, and I really was spending my money as if that was just like my income mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and so that I that was a hard rude awakening. But out of that, I found that like it pushed me to be more like okay, like intentional about mm-hmm. how do I want to structure like my time in the next few years not just like tomorrow and that was harder to answer like because it's like of course I want to be writing but like then they need to come in the jobs need to come in but I do think that was the first step of like saying like well what do I actually want to be doing it's like I know I keep saying the universe but it is like you set the space you create the space for those narrative jobs for those long-term projects and for those big projects to come along it's not going to be necessarily as like every day they're coming right Mm -hmm. because there is like just more space between yeah sort of like like I don't know the gems right and you know you have the skill now to weather the slow periods I think but but it is like very scary because it's not I'm not used to it either and yeah when you talked about being slow and angry I'm like yeah I think I felt that too like I was working at a bus company which I was making the most of but I was like what am I doing like you know should I just go back to like I could, should I be a coordinator or something, you know, like pick up random jobs that I can do. And something in me was just like, no, because that's backwards. Like if you want to do that, sure. But that will just bring you here again because you're going to go backwards just to feel safe and then come back here. So I'm like, no, I need to keep pushing. Yeah. So I think that instinct is right. Like the slowness is you getting into something new, like a new water. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, and learning how to swim, but it's comfortable to like be like, well, let me go back there. Yeah, it's, it does feel really unsafe and un... Yeah, there's the unknown there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just confronting the fact that I still have so much to learn, like, 
about cinematography and um, just always try to get better um, and work on my own photography. That's another thing that I stopped doing as much when yeah, I got you busy. You a book. I mean, okay, like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's always easier from the outside to hear it because I, I feel like when I complain, people are like, blah, 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 blah. But no, you're yeah, right. I, I mean, do have to tell myself <laughs> that. <laughs> she published a book called Conversations with Dad. It's really beautiful. Oh, thanks. It's a photo series between her and her dad. And yeah, I loved it so much. I shared it with my dad. Like, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think last year, this time last year, I just shot my first TV show. I published a book. And so I think it was the time after that, like when I didn't, mm. I didn't immediately have the next thing. And um, I had to just like come to terms with that, that it might take a little bit longer and I have to put in more work to figure out what the next thing is. Um, I'm so. curious how you're, because that, were, were you at that point, like kind of riding the high, like, let me use this time to do something I want? Like, was your mindset the same, like, like kind of panicky and angry, or was it a little more like, like after last year when you did the conversations with dad? Yeah, because it sounds like t- time-wise you had free time, but I'm curious, like mindset, what was different? Mm, interesting, about, or or was it different, or you know? I don't know. I think I just found things to keep me busy. Like I was still getting jobs here and there. I shot your short film mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> right here. Um, <laughs> We're yeah. literally taping and like, I can't believe I haven't been here so in a year. Yeah. Um, no, I was just like finding work to keep me busy and like not necessarily like moving forward in, in the ways that I want to move forward now. Um, but were you like happy with how you were using your time? I think so. I guess that's a very loaded question. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm getting at, which may be too leading, but, mm. but and maybe this is, well, I'll just share my experience. But I, it feels sometimes like I get panicky because I'm like, oh, no, I've lost the thread. I need to, like, return to it. But then I remember when I didn't feel that way and I had just as much time and nothing going on, sometimes my mindset is, like, I'm excited about whatever it is I'm doing. And it's just because I've tricked myself because maybe I just left a job and I have savings or whatever. Mm. But the fact is, like, we all, like, we're here now, right? Like, it's weird to be like, it'll always work out. Because I know, like, it's hard to believe that. And I honestly have a hard time believing it. But the times that I didn't worry and I just started something, it tended to lead to something. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's tricky to get back there when you're not already there. It's so hard to get rid know? of the worry. That, that is yeah. kind of where I've been, actually, since, yeah, since I had those highs a year ago. Um, I remember like feeling like I was in a creative slump like mm. pretty soon after that um, because even though I just published a book I didn't have like the next project that I was working on like I wanted it to just come to me yeah. easily um, it's almost like postpartum I mean mm-hmm. I I was told that in dreams when you dream um, about babies and pregnancy like oftentimes especially if you're creative it often refers to like work like art stuff. yeah and I feel that like the, the the come down after like finishing a short or whatever and you're like oh, what like you're like what's next because you want the high but the first time you started doing the thing it's because a moment of inspiration struck usually yeah it's when you stop thinking about yeah it, like the know? book came very easily yeah. <laughs> which is so weird um so that's maybe a sign that you're on the right path because it's like you finished this you summited a mountain and like mm-hmm. you know before the next there's like you're not just immediately on the next peak right you yeah i go down and then you got to start up. And yeah, and that was different. Like my dad was my like collaborator in that mm. in that kind of. So it just came so it like surprises happened with him that wouldn't have happened just with me. <laughs> so it, like sparks new ideas and like new synapses. Yeah, it's interesting because lot yesterday like we we're just catching up off the record, but we were talking about something that came up in our our group convo was like people who get like, like lifers, like, uh, Mm. at at shows and stuff that are long running and cushy jobs, which is great. You know, stability is great, but, but I feel like our personality and everyone who was at the table was, had this feeling of like, well, we want to keep doing the next thing and the next thing, which the trade-off is you're going to have these like lows in between Mm -hmm. because before you find that like new, Oh, this is the, this is the new exciting, exciting project. There's like, you have to create a space for it, a void, right? Yeah. Otherwise, how do you fill it? Um, but it's not, it's weird to think about it that way, but it's like, yeah, if you're already full and you've got all this stuff, you may not have space to get excited about something new. And you talking about like after working the TV job, having that moment, I think is a sign that you're doing it like the thing you want to do, but 
you're maybe not in the in that exact moment where you want to be but yeah if you think of it as a path you are 100 on the path like if life is a curve you're like on the curve you're just like on the part of the curve that wants to be here but that's like part of the curve you know what i mean yeah i'm not i start losing people i'm sorry <laughs> no, no no i get what you're saying like and i've always been very self aware so like i know when i'm in a slump like I, i'm like i know this is where i'm supposed to be so i can grow blah 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 like but it's still annoying <laughs> and i have been like also like been having a lot of fear just wondering if I'm cut out for this life mm. and because like I feel like I, I chose such we chose like such a fucked up industry. <laughs> I tell this to my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, like why? it can make us feel so bad about ourselves. And In one like, day too, you can yeah. have like the best email, the worst email. Like you really like just snap back to reality. Yeah, yeah. you can go from like feeling like a boss uh-huh. to, to so <laughs> small like very quickly. Um, and I think I was naively just like optimistic for so many years and maybe just like being you know in my early 30s now I'm like I'm seeing all the hmm. negative sides of it and gotcha. I'm not as like and it, you know going more towards that jaded path except I'll, mm. I'll never like get let myself get <laughs> get there because I think as long as you're just always open to learning and keeping an open mind yeah then, then you're good um well do you feel okay here's like an alternate way to look at do you feel like if you saw all the negatives really early on that would have changed where you were today yeah maybe maybe like because sometimes I think I'm like I feel like I'm seeing the quote-unquote full spectrum and I'm like oh like some stuff really sucks like we know but you know you really know after a while but I do think in some ways I'm glad I didn't learn until later like till I felt like I got a craft down because it, it can be so discouraging. It's still discouraging, but now I feel like at least I had some time to like build craft. Whereas before I might've been like, oh, it's so discouraging that I don't even want to learn craft. Mm-hmm. So that's like the flip side. I know it's like, it'd be nice if it was just all great, but I feel yeah. like learning the bad, the like shitty stuff later does help a little in like getting to the next level. Cause it is true, but yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not, it's like a little bit of a wake up call. That's not yeah. fun. For sure. It's, it's, <laughs> not fun but um I'm grateful for it at at the same time and even at the beginning of this year I had like some I had kind of like a realization um basically about what being a woman in this industry is even though like you know it's been a conversation for a long since me too Mm -hmm. like that um you know it's harder for women in this industry but then when people especially in, in my job since it's a male dominated yeah. job. Well, yeah, because if you don't mind sharing a bit, I mean, I, I know we've talked about it, but I, I haven't had a lot of cinematographers on and yeah. that's definitely something I feel like you make a point to bring on um, your, a team that that does, it represents more what you would like to see and I think that's really cool. Yeah, like, definitely. What's your experience? Well, it's like, funny because... Like, I feel like my sets are like, yeah, I'm with you, but I'm I'm sure that's not your experience everywhere, you know? Yeah, it changes so much depending on where I'm working. But, like, luckily I can bring on a lot of women to my team Mm -hmm. and and diversity. And and that just feels normal to me a lot of the time. But if I'm, like, camera operating and not not the cinematographer, like, I'll be on sets that are very, like, (laughs) bro-y. And Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel kind of, like, sad. And usually they're very nice people, you know, like, nice men. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the energy is different and I just feel like an outsider and like I don't belong. Um, but it's funny because like people would ask me what it's if it's um, hard being a woman in my job. And like a year ago, I was like, you know, in small ways, yes, but things have changed so much for the better that really like I don't experience a difference that much like I didn't know how to answer that question because right. I'm like I don't know like what it's like woman in general and you're like how do you separate all the things that people think outside of your work you know yeah. like it's weird it's a loaded question yeah. yeah but then I had some things happen at the at the beginning of this year where I like all of a sudden just kind of exploded with like emotion oh. where like I had been like hiding this part where I actually that's the I, you the part that you're like <laughs> who am I it's like I'm right here yeah and I had been just like ignoring ways in which like being a woman affected me and and um there was like 
basically a job where somebody wanted me to like, they hired like a man, a cinematographer and who had never done a feature before. And, um, and it wasn't going well. Uh And like, and they were like, you could, maybe you could come like take over. And I was like, Oh, so I like read the script and, and Uh like, and I was like, okay. And like, it seems like a cool opportunity. And then like found out that I wouldn't get that credit and like, I'd be putting in a lot of work. And, And then I just realized like, there have been so many, I, that was a familiar feeling to mm-hmm. me where like, I'm used to feeling small, like mm-hmm. where they're just like, oh, you should, they, they made, like made like, me oh, feel you like, be grateful that we yes, gave you a chance. Made me feel like they were doing me a favor. Huh. And, yeah. um, and I just felt so small and like, oh yeah, maybe they are doing me a favor. <laughs> and, um, so uh, obviously I, I said no. And, Good for um, you. Yeah. It's and, hard because it's like that is their reality and sometimes it can make a lot of anger. Like I yeah. Yeah, and like, intentions are good too. Like usually their intentions are good and they don't realize like what well, they're maybe doing. They're on some like it's like microaggression. Like they probably have heard it many times and they're just choosing not to actively take in what we're saying. But yeah, because yeah, how can you after all that? Like, there's an element of like, oh, I don't want to offend the guys. Like, I've had that happen with comedy shows. Like, if I can't make it, I always try to at least offer a couple replacements that are like, I feel like are great. And, you know, um, sometimes if I can, I'll try to get someone who maybe hasn't done the show before, but I think would be great. But I, I did that with a show before and they were like, oh, no, well, they, all, they have to send a tape. And then they like the whole lineup was like white dudes. And then. I think I was like the diversity spot. And then they were like, well, we'll have Laurie Kilmartin do it. Who's great. But I was also like, okay, like she's white too. So it was like, now I'm like, they're, they're just like, we need to fill the woman's spot mm-hmm. instead of just going, oh, maybe we should like, in my mind, I was like, if I was a guy, like, I mean, there's no way to prove this, but I'm almost certain. Like if I was like a straight white comic guy who like ran a show and they thought it was cool. And I was like, Hey, I got my buddy to do it. They just be like, sure. Cause they don't want conflict. Yeah. But then they're like, it's fine. Cause like we did her a favor by booking her. That's like the feeling that yeah. it's not the same, but that I feel like that relates a bit, but yeah. And I often try to like protect them in a way, like rather than just being like, yeah, this is how it is. Like, it, uh-huh. it, like even with simple things like people being surprised that I'm a cinematographer, like instead of going like, yeah, I'm a cinematographer. Yeah, I go like, like yeah, it's, I'll be <laughs> like, I'll be like, it's crazy. Right. Yeah, I know I am. Oh like I try to <laughs> like, you're like, wow, your, your reality is correct. I'm the weirdo. Yeah. I can't believe here. Like, <laughs> I can't believe it either. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I feel like that's the snarkiest I've heard you be, but I, because I know you all, I'm like, Damn, oh my god. No, I've been angry <laughs> this year. Like, that's not even, yeah. <laughs> no, like, and then I had to stop, like, thinking so much about it because, like, I would interpret everything like, is it because I'm a, a woman? And then, like, a lot of the times it's, it's not. Like, I, I've talked to male cinematographers who have experienced mm. similar like unfairness um, in their jobs, and I'm like, okay, so not everything is because I'm a woman, but I'm I'm like taking maybe tech, taking it extra well, hard. You just don't know. It's so yeah. tough because we it, the burden is still on us to get over it, right? They're not gonna like if if you're upset about it, it's still on us to be like, well, you got to deal with it, otherwise you're gonna be upset. Versus like they gotta fix it, and like I think there is crossover. Like guy, it's everything's kind of like nepotistic and unfair. And there's like guys who experience getting passed over for another friend, right? But like that also folds into like well, there tends to be more guy friends, right? So there is crossover, but I don't think it's totally wrong to think that when you have that instinct and intuition, it's just that you just can't prove it. So it is tricky. But yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong to have that instinct. Yeah, yeah. and the, the hardest thing for me sometimes is just seeing a male cinematographer be so confident in his and decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and not even bad. Like, oh, there okay. are good ones, too. But, yeah, like, I see that yeah. all the time, too. But um, I don't know if you saw Nope yet, but there's, oh, a, haven't yet. there's a depiction of a cinematographer oh, in that movie, and it's just, like, the most stereotypical, like, he talks like Batman, oh, and, like, <laughs> and I hate him. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's like even close friends of mine who are my biggest supporters who are also DPs. Um, I see them talk about their job with so much confidence. Mm. And I'm like, he is what a cinematographer is supposed to be and and someone that I will never be. And 
I kind of have to get past that because like, first of all, they're a very close friend uh-huh. and like supportive in everything <laughs> that I do. So to be, to have that kind of like jealousy or whatever it is, like just isn't healthy. But sometimes a little bit, I think uh, that's why therapy and spaces are healthy. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel jealousy and in a way where I first now I've understood how to process it and then be able to be excited for people. But you know, I think it's natural. We're in, like you said, we're yeah. in a fucked up industry where we're constantly told to be best friends with the people who take our jobs. You know, like that is literally, or we're supposed to take their jobs from, you know, and it's, that's just what it is. And I think it's designed in a way to create the best work, but sometimes we have to like on our own, do our own little healing. Um, but you said something, you said like, okay, he, you'll never be him, which I'm curious, um, what do you want to be though? Like, do you want to be him? You yeah. Know, like, like, cause that's the, I imagine there's some element of you trying to fit into what people want, but also an element of you fitting into what you want. So yeah. in your ideal world, like outside of how people react to you, like what kind of cinematographer do you want to be? Like, do you want to yeah. be loud and bossy or do you question. want everyone to just, you say something once quietly and they do it? Like, what is your yeah. ideal? I mean, I think it's always a balance for anyone who, is a good leader or just good on set. It's a balance of like being kind, but having high standards and high expectations. So like, I'm still trying to figure out that balance, but you're right. I don't want to be someone else. Like I just want to act like me. But I think the thing that I'm jealous of is like having, being able to expect certain Mm. things from production and not feel bad about it like be able to ask and expect certain things and and not feel like I'm the bad guy or something. Gotcha. So that's what I'm that's also true. working yeah, on. Yeah, I feel that. I think the layer of like half of it is what's in your control and half of it's what's out of your control. And I think, yeah, sometimes we can try to push the world to meet us because they're, they're learning that. Like I think talking about this is helpful, especially for your friends who are supportive. Maybe they didn't realize and now like little things will change in the way they deal with you know other crew members but the other part is like there's always going to be someone who is not giving you what you want but how can you expect it and know that they're the problem and not you right like that's mm-hmm. the part that's hard it's like when they want to make you feel bad how to be like well no i don't feel bad for wanting this you should feel bad or not but like that's not my business right yeah yeah, I definitely gaslight myself sometimes into thinking like, oh, they're going to they're not going to hire me again, like. <laughs> and um, and if they don't hire you because of a stupid reason, that's not a team yeah. you want to work for, but like they are not not hiring you cuz they thought you're bad. Like they might say that, but it's cuz they in some ways if they make you feel small, it's probably cuz they felt threatened. I'm okay, so I'm hearing that you feel you want people to just trust you more the way they trust. Because the confidence is there for the yeah. other male, whatever, directors too, cinematographers. But the confidence is almost like what, what's on the other side is trust, right? People are like, mm-hmm. oh, with confidence yeah. must come skill. Therefore, we just trust. And it's maybe not the confidence. It's maybe the fact that people have their own like preconceptions of like oh she's a woman and she's quiet or whatever so and she's not being mean to me so she maybe she doesn't really know what she's doing right and the trust isn't there but you trust yourself Mm -hmm. or do you trust yourself I do yeah So (laughs) so I think that is that's all you can do like people if they can't trust like they lose a great cinematographer like I feel like that's very evident in how you keep working with the same people because people trust you and oh, you build trust. And I think that is, for te- I, mean, te- I mean, 10 years of frictionless free momentum is no small feat, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. truly, it's like. That's true, yeah. Um, and I think when I'm not working, that's when the anxiety is the most mm-hmm. real about these things. And then, then I get on set again, and I'm like, oh, right, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great, yeah. So I'm, I'm just excited for, like, what's next and, and to, like, continue this journey and have it be hard and like, and make art again. And that's another thing. Like, um, I, I'm trying to do photography again and, mm. and I just don't want it to be bad. And that, that's like a thing <laughs> in the artist's way that you have to, uh-huh. you, know, you have to get past it because it's like a practice. Well, you can't judge it before it's done. Yeah. And I think I have yeah. higher standards now that I've, you know, mm. been making art for longer and I'm just like, well, I don't want to start this because it might 
not be good or I don't know, I don't have full control over it yet. So I just have to let go mm. of, of that and be uncomfortable with like making bad art for a little bit. Um, just with my or own Or just not personal. judging it. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I like literally, I went rock climbing with my boyfriend and I got so frustrated because I don't even want to be a rock climber and I'm not, I'm not even athletic, but I used to dance and I don't even want to be a dancer, but just any element of feeling like an amateur and mm-hmm. then like I couldn't get the muscles right. I was like so triggered and he was like telling me to like curl my toes in a certain way, like a mountain Ugh. goat. Cause like that's, and he it was very, being very nice. I was terrible <laughs> form, but then in my mind, I'm like, well, since I have this trick of like how I used to dance and balance, I can do it this way. But I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not a dancer. Any, and even if I was, I'm not, this is rock climbing. Like I was trying to justify like why I knew more mm-hmm. than the average beginner. Um, just cause I, uh, I couldn't handle feeling bad, but it's like the lowest stakes. Like I'm at a rock climbing gym and nobody is watching. Yeah. But um, I get that. I can, just, I can be a little <laughs> stubborn too. And a know it all sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'll like try to think of myself as like, like uh inner child me and because it is like different ages right like the part of you that's skilled and then the part of you that's starting over reminds you of being a kid or maybe like helpless so I don't know if this is helpful but thinking of it like what if you're teaching yourself because you do have the skills you have enough skills to like see what direction to go in I think that's why you call it bad but it's not it's not bad it's just like you know you'll see it and be like oh now I want to do it this way yeah so if you think of yourself as a teacher you need the student to like show you the work and be like, oh, here's the notes. Mm, I don't know, like separating that's a good way. Yeah, because nobody like that. but you will see it. But yeah, you just don't. I, I, yeah, it's tricky. We're just so hard on ourselves. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about? Um, I because I know we've had the conversation about like directing off the record, but I'm curious in terms of like not directing, like not not directing, like being a director, but taking charge over the projects, like. Um, let's say you know you want to work with a director or you like this writer because you have that Mm -hmm. like you have that like status as a cinematographer but oftentimes in our industry it happens the other way around right where like yeah like I feel this way as a writer too it's like directors have to like assemble the team but it's not always like that I think people start early on with their team and they stick to it and I think you have really good knowledge of people you want to work with have you ever thought about like starting a project that you want to do as a cinematographer but like trusting yourself trusting your vision to bring on the team of people that you like you you mean bring on a director kind of I mean I guess in some ways there's a bit of producing in that but I think Mm -hmm. it's it's a gray area because I think it when we talk about unions like yes that's technically producing but when we talk about being a creative person and you wanting something like the book to exist and you working with your dad there's an element of like starting the engine right? yeah that can be done by anyone like I think she likes you as an example like me and Christine kind of started the engine yeah but we didn't direct it true and very much took like allowed like we were like we're not gonna say we direct like we just aren't directing it that's not our role in it mm-hmm. and I still feel like that was something that we could birth like you know so yeah. I, I'm curious have you ever thought about taking that energy that you have and that like confidence of doing a project and starting it definitely like not in in the way of like coming up with like I wouldn't write a project at least you know who you'd want to work with exactly like and and I do have to do that um and I have been like reaching out to people who I just admire um maybe I worked with them like years ago and just haven't Mm -hmm. kept up with them um, but I am trying, like, really hard to express um, that to people, that I, like, really just admire them, want to work with them. And um, and there have been cool ways in which, like, people have reached out to me recently, and, and I had already been, like, thinking about them. Oh, yeah. And I, I love when that happens. Like, um, yeah, I I just got an email from someone who I was about to, like, reach out oh to. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, there my God, go. I Those love you, too. <laughs> I yeah. think that that yeah, I feel like people would be so lucky, it, like and excited to hear from you, especially because I know like like, you know, there's a lot of like comedians who want to get instructed, but maybe they don't have the technical skills. But you know their voice. You know, like I think oh, there's yeah. so much like you already do that really well. But I just think that's like a something that it would be a really yeah. cool because it's like when you talk about waiting for the momentum like oh you could be the moment like yeah. anybody can start it and there are people who are sitting there thinking like oh I want to do this but 
I don't know a DP or like, I don't know how to make it look this way, but they have it in there like that. Yeah. You don't, you don't even have to have a story. You can literally be like, I want to know what's in this person's head and make it a thing. Right. Like, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I have done that. Um, with some people and and in a way I was doing that for a while when I was doing funny people serious photos oh yeah my photo series um is basically about, with comedians I, I did uh-huh. one with, with Teresa and um basically comedians in their homes like not putting on a character and then I, I got a quote uh from them about fear or anxiety or their lives and comedy and yeah how they're able to like transmutes their fears and anxieties into comedy yeah I love that series I forgot about that yeah you did so many things (laughs) well yeah and I haven't done that in a while but I'm I want to start it up again and it it was such a good way to just spend more time with people that I was a fan of like it was very beneficial for me (laughs) yeah Um, people always love uh especially comedians love getting their photo taken yeah (laughs) yeah and some projects actually did come out of that just Uh like spending time with some of those people um so I need to do that again. That's, That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so excited for this chapter because sometimes it is just having, we're, you're creating the space for whatever it is. Like yeah. You don't know it. The unknown is scary, but you're creating a space. Like the world is your womb. Yeah. <laughs> to continue the, I have baby fever. It's, I'm, it's not, I've talked about it on the pod. It's, I do And too. everyone I know is getting pregnant and I'm like, <laughs> It's in my it's in my brain. It's um, funny. I haven't had a pregnancy dream in a while, but I have had many in the past, and I get that it's like when you're birthing an idea that could be a reason, but also it's usually like when I have to take a big shit. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I did I not expect up. that. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Uh, oh <laughs> like oh I wake God. up and my stomach hurts. Oh my God. <laughs> And sometimes you have to artistically take a big shit too, right? So I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like it all comes back. <laughs> so, like, okay, I think I could have point. told a secret about poop, but I, I went like I, this career. I think direction. we 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 heard the secret, you know. Uh, um, I'm gonna do Marissa. So I have a game for you to end this podcast. Okay. Um, this is called See, Hear, or Feel. Um, it's sort of a hybrid of Would You Rather and Fuck, Mary Kill. Because oh. as a cinematographer, you know, I feel like you are very in tune to visuals. And the way you see the world really affects what we feel when we see, you know, the recording of that world later on in films. Um, I'm not a cinematographer, but I have done mushrooms, so I can, you know, <laughs> say that I'm also very sensitive to the light. So that sort of inspired this game. Um, it's very simple. I'm just gonna, you know, the concept of fuck, marry, kill, yeah. where you list three people and then you either fuck, marry, or kill them. We're not gonna kill anyone today, okay? This is see, hear, or feel. So I'll just list three things. Some of them are abstract, okay? So there's no right or wrong answer. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's also fine. Just go with your gut. You just have to decide if you could only, you know, see one, hear one, or mm-hmm. feel one, which one you would assign that to, okay? okay. So here's the first one. Okay, a thunderstorm, a rainforest, or a waterfall. Um, I oh, they're all so fun to see here and feel. Uh, <laughs> I know that's the point. I guess I'd like to see a waterfall, hear a rainforest, and feel a thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, okay, I like that. That's cool. This one is, okay, would you rather see, hear, or feel Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, or Taylor Swift? Like a concert. We're not like, feel, like oh, not, okay, like not, being yeah. at the concert. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like you're, yeah, feeling the, the, the concert performance, seeing the performance, you know, or like hearing mm. Okay. I guess see Lady Gaga, because I, I feel like she's, always has great visuals. Mm-hmm, um, I don't even know. Okay, so feel but not hear. That's yeah, so hard. Feel, yeah, maybe feel. That is tough. Whatever it means to you. Mm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't want to be like, you can't hear anything, but maybe you can feel the energy or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, You can dance. I'll just there put. You, you can dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll put feel for Ariana Grande. Okay. Wow. Interesting choice. The Choose not to hear her voice. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, I want to dance, but not hear her. And then, no, okay, she's she's okay. amazing, no, though. No. Um, and hear Taylor Swift. Okay. I, I've become a huge Taylor Swift fan in the last, like, year or so. Yeah, she's super fun. I, yeah. I think that that was a really tough one. And only mm-hmm. because I am a known Ariana Grande super fan that it would oh, be gotcha. hard for me not to hear her. But also, yeah. I want to probably just 
see, hear, and feel her too. So, good answer. Okay, Halloween, Christmas, New Year's Eve. Hmm. So, however you want to interpret that, like maybe it's like you know you experience one all in the dark, and you can you know hear or one. So it doesn't have to be like in this world you you're not like stumbling around like you yeah can, yeah you, you can move about. Um. Okay. Uh. I guess I'll feel Christmas because that's that seems cozy. Oh yeah yeah okay. And then um. See, wait. Halloween and New Year's Eve. So feeling Christmas, seeing Halloween, um, and hearing New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's a good one. You have countdown. There's a lot yeah. of noises. Yeah, celebratory. I like that. Okay. I like feeling Christmas. That's when you said that. I was like, that feels right. Because I, I was like, I don't want to hear Christmas because that's a lot of music. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the last one. See here, I feel your childhood, your teenage years, or your adult life. So, like, this is kind of abstract, but like you, like, experience it more with like one sense forward. I guess, mm. like, like you know, logic be damned, but you know. Okay, I guess I'll um, put feeling to adult life because I'm just mm. like more in tune with my feelings now. I think. Um, see. Wait, say the, the so other childhood, two. adolescence. Adolescence. Oh, God. Um, Imagine if you're like, I would like to feel adolescence. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, but I don't know. That's a tough one. I you, mean, I think uh, see childhood and um, hear adolescence. That's, yeah, because a lot of music and you're meeting new people. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun to listen to, but not like feel again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, you can by, by uh, proxy feel it yeah. through the music without having the tears, you know? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of um, my cinematography is, is motivated by childhood, like things I okay, saw in yeah. childhood or and the, the nostalgia element. Yes. Like um, I think we're all just trying to create things that are familiar to mm -hmm. us from childhood. I, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing and thank you for coming on the show, Carissa. Um, can you tell our listeners and watchers where to follow you, find your stuff, anything you want to plug? I know you have like tons of things, oh, so shout thanks. it out. Yeah. Um, well, you can follow me at C.L. Dorson on Instagram. Um, my website is carissadorson.com if you want to check out any of my work. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. This was really fun. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Week Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you. <laughs>